Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning, Alan. How are you? So, you want to look at the uh, the final two today, John? I do. Um, first, maybe we'd summarise the three that um, I outlined the last time I was talking to you, and that was the decision-making assistance agreement, a co-decision-making agreement, and a decision-making representative order. And as you can probably gather, there are three different stages where. Uh, if you need a little bit of help with making decisions, that's a decision-making assistance agreement where you have an assistant, somebody you like, somebody you trust, and you can get them to help you with making decisions. Then a co-decision-making agreement is a bit more formal where you make the decisions with somebody else. You always have got somebody else helping you to make these decisions. And, you know, let's remember we're dealing with people with certain disabilities and trying to assist them in making as many decisions as they can for themselves, but giving them appropriate um, assistance when they need it. And the third one was the decision-making representation order, which, again, is a little bit higher on the scale, where you go to the local circuit court, make your application, uh, or the application is made on your behalf, and the court will decide on who the appropriate decision-making representative would be. Okay. Uh, look, look, John, th- there are the arrangements that are coming into force for people who face challenges with yeah. decision-making. I- is there anything in the legislation for people who currently have full capacity, but who may there wish is- to plan for time when they don't, for example, yeah. if dementia occurs? There is indeed. And uh, just to help your listeners, the first part that we were talking about there, which is to replace what was known as the ward of court system, and in my experience, that always kind of frightened people, the fact that somebody might become a ward of court now, you know, the supervision was excellent but very intrusive because you were dealing with officials that you might never have met up in high court offices in Dublin um, who controlled every part of your life, really. And uh, the whole new system is to bring it a little bit closer to home. So uh, the fact that we're, we're, we're calling this the uh, Decision-Making Capacity Act of 2015, which is seven years ago, uh, seems extraordinary, but even though it was passed in 2015, it's not yet in effect. Um, we reckon that it probably will be signed into law by the President before the end of this year. But we're getting close, and uh, I won't be surprised if it doesn't make it until early next year, but let's wait and see. Now, the two things you mentioned that you can do when you are in the whole of your health now uh, is an advanced health care directive and an enduring power of attorney. What's an advanced health care directive, John? Well, uh, today, now that you're in the whole of your health, but, you know, you realise that a day could come when you might not be in the whole of your health and you might not be able to make decisions due to whatever, Alzheimer's, dementia, things like that, maybe a bad accident that you don't any longer have your mental capacity. So now, when you are in good health, you can make an advanced health care directive which says... If I become so unwell that I can't talk to my doctor, I don't want this kind of treatment, I don't want that kind of treatment, please don't do this, please don't do that, and please consult with my um, uh, directive representative, um, and let's say I'm John Murphy and I'm going to appoint, I want Alan Corcoran to be consulted um, uh, by my doctor or by the medics if there are uh, treatments to be provided and they must have regard to my health care directive. Now, you, you, you can't tell a doctor what to do. Um, the doctor has his own rules as to what he might think necessary, but you can give your signals of certain treatments that you don't want right. 
right. you know, if you if you don't want your life unnecessarily prolonged, if you have a very de- debilitating disease, so yeah. this is this is sensitive territory. But uh, and John, can you you also include any treatments you wish to refuse and the circumstances in which this should apply? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, and um, it, it, the important thing is that you would uh, the the role of the decision support service, which will be, uh, if you like, a government organisation, is that you can register the advanced healthcare directive there, mm. so that. Um, you know, if you did get ill, if you had moved house or something, you've maybe now different solicitors to the ones you used to use when yeah. you were in the whole of your health. Uh, at least there's a central location in which this can be registered. Right. You've discussed these directors with us before, John. What's, what's the difference I, as a result of the pending legislation? Well, the, the difference now is that the Decision Support Service can now certify these directors. You don't have to inform the Decision Support Service about um, an advanced healthcare directive but it's recommended that you do it. And the benefit of having a certified copy is that it can be used if you lack the capacity to make a decision about your care or your treatment. And you can also, now I hope the GPs around the county don't shoot me for this, but you can also provide a copy to your GP or any other healthcare professional who may be providing you with treatment. And healthcare professionals are expected to check um, if you have an advanced healthcare directive, if you lack capacity to make a treatment decision. Right, the, the next one is the enduring power of attorney that you and I have spoken to you about before as well. Um, yeah. uh, uh, how does someone go about it? What is it? Yeah, we, we, we actually have this in Irish law since 1996 under the Enduring Powers of Attorney Act. And uh, let's say today I'm in the whole of my health, but I'm thinking, well, you know, in the future, maybe I'll get dementia or Alzheimer's or maybe have an accident and I don't have mental capacity anymore. So who would I like to make decisions on my behalf if that happened? Now, myself, I have one made where I've named my wife as my attorney if I lose mental capacity. Uh, that document is sitting in the safe downstairs here and it doesn't come into effect until I lose capacity, if some doctor certifies that I've lost my capacity, then my wife gets the job of making decisions, and that document has to be registered uh, with the um, High Court in Dublin. Now, under the new regime, that will be registered with the Decision Support Service, and the Decision Support Service would supervise the attorney, in my case, it would be my wife, and to make sure that she's doing her job correctly. Uh, as time goes on. You can see that if uh, attorneys were appointed under an enduring power, they'd be dealing with money, uh, expenditure, all that type of thing for the person who made the power. And so there needs to be a certain amount of supervision to see that things are being done correctly. Can it be objected to an EPA? It can um, at the time of registration. So, as I said, mine is sitting downstairs in a safe. It doesn't come into effect unless somebody certifies that I've lost my mental capacity. At that stage, there are various people who, uh, close family members, who would be notified of the fact that my wife is about to register the document. And you can see that in some situations, perhaps if it wasn't a spouse, and if it was maybe one of many children, there could be influences. So it's good that other people in the family have to be notified that there is an application being made to register the enduring power of attorney. And at that stage, an objection could be made and the court could decide that perhaps the person involved has a conflict of interest and maybe somebody else would be chosen to do the job. So th- there's quite a protection there um, 
much more protection than there is, for instance, in relation right. to somebody making a will. Or, or look, look, the de- uh, decision support service is something that you've referred to quite a lot in our conversation with you this morning. And, and if an EPA has to come into effect, does the DSS, do they have a role to play in overseeing attorneys? Yes, they will have. That's envisaged under the new legislation once the power comes into effect. So there are many people who nowadays make enduring powers of attorney and many of those documents never come into effect because they don't lose their mental capacity. They eventually pass away from whatever uh, happens, old age or whatever else, and they've never lost their mental capacity, so the documents don't come into effect. But the important thing, uh, the important message, I think, today for listeners is that if you haven't got it made while you have mental capacity, well, it's too late to make it if you lose your mental capacity. So if you imagine yourself in that situation, um, you know, you've got to ask now, who would I like to be in charge of decisions um, if I lost my mental capacity? And usually yeah. that's somebody somebody very close to you that you trust. So you should put them in place to do that job for you while you have full mental capacity. So it's something you should consider, I think, at the same time that you're making your will, for instance. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking I, of which, uh, John, I have a comment in from a listener. Could you ask, John, if there is no will made and the parents are dead, what happens to the property? Maybe that's... We haven't touched on that for a while. Maybe it's one we can visit the next time. Yeah, if there's no will made and the parents are dead, then you look at the brothers and sisters of the deceased or the children of any pre-deceased brother and sister. All right. Simple as. Yep. Yep. That's All the right. way it works. We leave it there for the moment, John, but I think uh, on foot of what you just told us there, it's an area that has seen a lot of change, isn't it, this whole area that we're discussing this morning? It is, and, and we're about to have more change and updating our very ancient legislation. Um, so that, that should be a good thing and should help to protect people's rights, uh, especially people with disabilities. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. Right. Um, and just keep an eye on the maybe the website of the Decision Support Service. It's not fully implemented yet, but... Uh, fingers crossed it should be with us very soon Southeast Radio's Morning Mix Chat, News and your views Alan Corcoran